0: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Hands Corey Davis, wide open. Davis, still going, and
1: he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately yes. when he got the handoff. You know The <laughs> yeah. Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, Thank you.
2: From the playlikeajet.com digital studios This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 It's time to break down the film of Corey Davis Really excited about him We talked about the analytics with Michael Nania Talked about his Tennessee Titans career With David Beauclair of Sports Illustrated And now we're going to break down the film With the host of It Splits Over at jetsxfactor.com Mr. Joe Blewett Joe, what's going on, buddy?
3: Uh, nothing. Uh, The grind of the offseason, I'm ready to get into the thick of it and see how the Jets uh, roster is really going to round out after this next month or so.
2: Joe, I know the feeling, my friend, so let's talk a little film because that is part of the offseason grind. Corey Davis, the first thing that stood out to me watching him is his physicality, his blocking, his route running, and the way that he just knocks guys over even when he's running routes. Talk to me a little bit about that
3: yeah um the the run blocking to be honest like i so i like it i like his effort um it could actually be better to, to a certain extent like i think it's i think it's pretty good i I think it's been a little bit overstated like i think mims all in all is probably a, a better blocker and i do think there are better blockers out there but he's definitely a willing blocker um he just has to stop guys a little bit better like he, he doesn't set up his ankles you know overly well but again we're getting into you know, wide receiver blocking. Like it's not like I'm I'm evaluating, you know, Wyatt Davis after the Jets just you know, drafting that number thirty four or, or whatever. So I can't get too crazy. Um but no that that's good. That fits the offense obviously with you know tight and condensed splits. Um the play actions, the wide zone, obviously receivers are gonna be involved in a lot in the blocking. Um the physicality of, of his game overall like you did say is, is good. You know, 6-3, 205. Um, I would venture to say he probably weighs a little bit more than that. I'm not even sure even where I got that number. Um, but over the middle, it's good. He's not afraid to take uh, hits from linebackers, take hits from safeties. Not a, a, afraid to crack block either, one of those linebackers or safeties or even defensive ends um, either. So it is a you know a nice thing to have a wide receiver who could block, which is an interesting wrinkle of this offense because you figure with the Jets roster, they might be running a little bit more 11 personnel. Um, then maybe they would like because that is where their offense is strong. So they might, you might be looking at a little bit more of like the Packers offense versus the uh, 49ers type offense. Um, so he might be leaning to his brother a, brother a little bit. So it is a uh, added bonus that two of your top three receivers uh, can block along with some guys that, you know, tight ends who it. Uh, I think could be underrated blockers for the Jets. So, you know, Croft is a good blocker. And I think uh, Wesco actually took a couple of steps up next year. So it's a nice wrinkle to have, but um yeah, the, the size over the middle, the contested catchability over the middle, um, his ability to box guys out, uh, his ability to to air quotes hold his line in his routes, his ability uh, to to push off at the top of routes, um, which is really nice, whether it be with, with push buys or just slight leans, um, at the top of his routes uh, routes, which not a lot of corners can hold up against because not a lot of corners are six three, um, and carry the weight as well as he does um so the physicality is probably you know one of the best traits of his game
2: another trait that i think suits this offense very well and it's one of davis's best is his ability to get open in the intermediate areas between 10 and 20 yards that's Mm -hmm. huge for the shanahan offense right
3: yeah uh, a lot a lot of crossing routes we we know it's gonna be a lot of play action it's a lot of um, you know, rhythm-based offense with uh, a lot of yak opportunities, but then there's going to be times for for deep shots as well. Um, but a lot of those a lot of those routes off of that play action it's going to be a play action heavy team. Um, are going to be crossing routes. So if you have receivers who are afraid to go over the middle and take shots from linebackers, or who can't make contested catches, um, they're not going to be um, as effective as you would want them to be for this offense. You're not a, as good of a fit as you want them to be. Uh for this, for this offense. And he also offers that with his physicality. We didn't even mention yak. Like he he could do that as well. Um, we saw that with Tennessee, um, and some, you know, examples of it. Um, and a lot of it at what was in uh, Western Michigan that he, that he went to. So, uh, he's an all around guy. He's kind of interesting. We're like, so from watching him, he like, I have a list and I should, I should probably always label these better. It's just like, like you said, with the, the off season grind along with the new house grind that I'm on, <laughs> My list haven't been as as well laid out as they should be, but I have a list here of strengths and weaknesses, like wh- which I do for for It's blitz, blitz. So when I do that show, maybe I'll label a little bit better. But there's a very big list of strengths for him, and a very small list of weaknesses. Like he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses in his game, but none of his strengths are like elite traits. Like I, I feel like he's like. Uh, the the uh the master of none, but like really solid in everything, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like I, I think in, in my opinion of, of him as a receiver, like I think he's like a low end one or a really high end number two. Um, and could he build upon that? Yes, I I think he could. Um, which will I guess we can talk about in a little bit, but uh, yeah, some of the, the the physicality, the ability to go over the middle, um, are definitely strong suits of his game. Um, they're definitely not in that in that small weakness category that I have.
2: The yak ability is interesting because he's not a burner. He's not a guy that's going to juke anybody out of his shoes but he is somebody that has long strides And this is why, and I've talked about this many times He was compared to Des Bryant coming out of college He gets in the open field and he can make things happen Because he's got those long strides And not necessarily because he's as fast as somebody like Jamison Crowder, for example Tell me a little bit about what you see with that yak ability And what he brings to that offense in that regard
3: yeah, it's just like like with – especially with a player like him, like he has that like that like silent want to. Like that, you know, a lot of these players that uh, Douglas and, and Sal are bringing in are a lot of these like quiet leaders, uh, high effort guys. And obviously as, as long as he's not stiff as a board, if you're going to be 6'3", 200 plus pounds, which again I think it's, it's 205, but I would say – I would venture to say he probably weighs more around 215. If you have some decent athletic ability and you have that want to – um then that's going to be um you know a a good uh key to success for for yak so uh if that it that's also paired with the fact that he uh finds lanes well uh, i think he has some good contact balance he doesn't go down on the first hit so he so he, he um is able to absorb hits from smaller defensive backs or even arm tackles from linebackers So that's a positive and he's a guy who doesn't want to go down like it's 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 easy it's it, it sounds simple, but it really is that is a big part of it you know he he'll continually um you know drive his life. there's a lot of receivers out there as soon as they get wrapped up by you know an arm or or two arms um they kind of just go down like they don't want to absorb more hits uh Corey Davis is a guy like you have to fully bring him down or he's going to continue to churn out uh an extra yard or two or three or maybe that might even lead to obviously a broken tackle and to even um, you know more yardage than that, so uh, it's it's a really big, it's a positive in his game for sure, and it's and it's nice to see a guy who's getting um, a bigger you know a relatively big contract that he is going to to give that effort. It, it's more concerning when you see guys who don't give that effort and they're given that big contract. So um, that's definitely a, a
2: something to note in his game. It's solid hands too, right? Yeah, yeah, uh,
3: there was uh, there was only really like, – he didn't have a lot of drops over what I watched in 2020. The last few weeks of the season, I think it was against – if, if I might be mistaken, but it might be against the Packers and the Texans were his last two games in week 16 and 17. Again, I could be wrong, but that's something off the top of my head. Uh, he had a couple of drops in those games. It looked like he was he he was pushing a little bit too hard for 1,000 yards, in my opinion, um, where he pretty consistently looks the ball um, – he looks the ball in. Um, and, and which obviously tends to, to lead to drops if you do, if you don't look the ball. And, and at times in those two last games, he was he was looking to run before um, he secured the catch, and it led to a couple of drops in those games. Um, so I think he was actually pushing a little bit for a thousand yards, which is obviously something that a lot of receivers want to do. So minus those drops in the last couple of games in the season, um, yeah, the, the hands are solid. The the, the the you know the technique he has in his catches is good. Uh, nice tight hands catches at the tip of the ball. Um, is quick to pull it away, uh, tuck it away from, from defensive backs. Um, so obviously if you're going to bring it right down into the defensive backs hands, and are going to knock it out. So little things like that, pulling the ball away is really important. Uh, strong fingers, like, so that's that, that's all there. Um, and that paired with his, you know, the good hands paired with his physicality and his ability to get open um, is obviously a, a consistent barometer for uh, the success he has, uh, you know, snapping and snap out, so.
2: And he can break tackles too, which is obviously something Robbie Anderson was never able to do when he was here.
3: I I don't know what you're watching, Scott. Robbie Anderson, you know, when when they would run him on those end arounds, uh, sometimes you know he he, he would break a ton of tackles. I don't much talking about.
2: Any particular weaknesses stand out on his tape?
3: Um, yeah, like the his 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 top end speed is is definitely um average. I, I would say he's a good but not great athlete. Um, like he's not, you know, he's not a bigger guy who's looking like cool Jones or anything like that. Um, I, you know, in some of his routes, there's some nitpicky things I can go over. Like I would like to see him drop his weight more into his stop and break steps where he stands up a little bit too high. There are some times where, um, instead of committing to stop steps, he starts to lean out of the break a little bit, um, too early, which, um, his, his routes can go from, from really good to even better. Um, if he did do that, because he does have a really good ability um even despite his size to get in and out of his brakes. Again, like for a six three guy, he definitely does get out of the brakes, you know, relatively well. So um that's a positive. Like I said, the run game, I definitely want to see him take take some better angles, close some more ground before he reaches for guys. Um that's something I I wrote down. Um wanna see arms tired during breaks. Like these are all really little things. His arms get a little bit wonky, they get a little bit wide, um, which kind of throws your your balance off. I think his stem sometimes uh, after he gets off of press coverage or um, just tighter coverage, he, he tends to wide his, widen his stem a little bit too often. Um, and then the one big thing like that I noticed was the fact that I want to see him win more vertically um, in, in the Titans' offense. And maybe they did it a couple of years ago. Um, but I didn't really see him like win a lot of like deep shots. But like, you'd see him win a lot of crossing routes. Um, and and that's a good thing. Obviously, boxing guys out is, you know, basically like a rebound in basketball, and that was great. But in terms of, like, being, like, that X receiver, like that one receiver who could take the top off the defense and you have to, like, rotate a safety to his side, um, I didn't see that ability consistently enough to to label it. Um, Not necessarily as a weakness, but not a strength. And you want to see a guy who's getting the contract, he does be able to do that, especially the bigger body contested catch guy. But contested catches over the middle on a, you know, on a crossing route is different than a contested catch over the shoulder, um, you know, 40 yards down the field. So I'm kind of interested to see where he's going to fit because um, I, I think he would be a really good Z um, where you're running some intermediate routes, which is more of like the crossing routes. And the X is really the guy who want, you want to roll coverage to to open it up for some other guys underneath and obviously also win some deep balls um, just by himself as well. Um, and Mims has, I would say, the higher potential to, to win that job um, because Mims, we we saw him this year make some ridiculous catches uh, early into his career, especially with Joe Flacco, um, and almost make some ridiculous catches like he like, gets Xavier Howard and Dolphins like multiple times. But the problem with Mims is he struggled to get off the press coverage in year one, and obviously as the X receiver, you're the split ends, so you're split, you know, directly from the tackles here so on line of scrimmage. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see how they how they do that. Who's the true X? So. Um, if there's one thing in his game that I wanted to see more of, it was more him winning um, just straight vertical on you know, nines or posts or, or whatever it may be. But I didn't see too much of that in his game. Um, but, again, that's, it may not be because he can't do it. It's just because of what he was asked to do uh, in the Tennessee Titans offense. So that's going to be something to, uh, to note down and, and watch out for.
2: I'd imagine they're going to look elsewhere if they want some offense in the screen game, right? Because you didn't get much of that out of Corey Davis in Tennessee
3: uh yeah i didn't really see too much of like design screens for him so obviously they know him pretty well um I, I would venture to say right now if the jets were going to go for for guys on screen plays uh crowder is obviously a guy who's not going to break a ton of tackles um but he is shifty enough to completely avoid those tackles good accelerations you'd see uh probably more crowder doing that um i think mims Overall, is an underrated yak guy. If People look at the college numbers and just type in the stats, but when you're winning the most contested or the second most contested catches in college football, obviously you're not going to get a lot of you know yak opportunity from contested catches, uh, specifically fade routes and things like that. So he has the ability to do that, um, you know, as well. But yeah, I would I would venture to say Crowder, uh, maybe Vincent Smith, you know, which I'm sure people are <laughs> really just popping out of their seat in excitement. Um, but no, you know, maybe, maybe it's a Kadarius Tony at, at 34, or, you know, one of these mid-round guys, it seems like a lot of the mid-round guys in the NFL draft this year are these shorter, shiftier, um, type of slot guys who the Jets might be able to add, you know, as a, as a fifth guy who could, who can come in and do that. And, uh, Kean Cole's a guy who we're, we still have to talk about as well. So I have to watch that film and see if he could be one of those guys. Um, but no, I don't think he's going to get many, many screen passes. You, he's a guy who. You know, isn't going to have that acceleration you'd want on like a bubble screen or a smoke screen. He's a guy who's kind of like a locomotive, like you or locomotive that you want him moving when he catches the ball because then he already has that steam. It's kind of like you know those running backs, the Leonard Fournette, the Derrick Henrys. You know, you don't they, they don't necessarily want to be met in the first yard or two, but if you meet him yard three plus, uh, you might be screwed. So, um, yeah, catching screens not con- is not conducive to uh, his running strength, in my opinion
2: You talked a little bit about how he might fit in this offense before breaking down him and Mims. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Not counting Elijah Moore, who you haven't had a chance to thoroughly look through yet. Tell me how you think these pieces are going to fit with him and Crowder and Mims, Keelan Cole, too.
3: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and um, there are some strengths that we didn't talk about um, as well. I'm obviously, when I do that on Blue football I want to give it a full... You know, list of that, um, but like I said, it's a pretty long list of it, so I don't want to just go one by one uh, for that because it'll just sound like I'm literally, <laughs> I'm literally reading off my phone, which I literally would be, um, because that's what I do when I watch film. I, I put the, the strength and weaknesses down. But uh, yeah, the offense. That's that's what I, I said, it's it's going to be interesting because like right now, I think Mims has the best potential to be that X to be that isolated receiver on the backside of those three by one sets, which you see a lot in. Um, it, a lot in uh, eleven personnel sets because it's you know obviously if he's getting press coverage there can be an alert and then uh, he would be the first read and then you you work your way two to two to four on the opposite side and if there's not then um, then maybe there's a safety rotation to him or whatever it may be um, where you'd open up the three receiver side versus the one receiver sides um, that you know that's the problem with with uh, like I said playing X is if you can't get off a press you're literally on the line of scrimmage so. Um, Mims has the ability to win deep, but he also gets widened out to the sideline a lot um, versus press coverage because last year he just didn't do enough at the line of scrimmage. But if you go back and you turn on the, the, the senior ball tape that he was putting out there, um, which I broke down, he was really, really impressive. So I think he just needs to stop pressing. And I also think, you know, look, the receiver is not an easy position to adjust to in the NFL, um, playing against corners that there are in the NFL um, and, and not having a preseason, not really playing the first couple of weeks of the season. And then uh, obviously coming in to play with guys like Joe Flacco and, and Sam Darnold, I think Mims um, was probably a little bit more. Uh, his, he showed a little bit more potential than I think the stats showed, and he has more potential. So uh, I wouldn't be too down on him, but I'm not sure he's ready for that X role yet. So it's interesting to see who they put there. Um, like I said, I, I think both Mims and uh, Corey Davis are more. Uh, they're better suited for that Z role. Where um, you're going to be more, you're going to be working more uh, closely with the slot, with the tight ends. You're going to be working on layered concepts. You're going to be working over linebackers. You're going to be working on crossing routes um, as a part of a concept instead of just having to win um, isolated. So uh, it's 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 going to be interesting with their with their offense just in terms of like because you don't have that X, who's going to play Z um, more consistently? Which I would venture to say it's going to be Davis then also with a slot receiver and Crowder like he's he's a willing blocker but he's not a good blocker in in my opinion um and he's going to be you know one of the receivers who is obviously most tight to the uh offensive formation so how do they how do they get around that because you don't want Crowder cracking linebackers like even if he's willing he's still what 190 pounds 185 pounds 180 pounds so I really don't know what they're going to do, and that's obviously just me admitting that. Like I don't, it's going to be interesting because ideally you'd want Mims and Corey Davis uh, close to the to the line of scrimmage, but you don't really necessarily want either one of those guys playing slot. Even though I think Corey Davis could play some slot, Um, but then where does Crowder, you know, where does Crowder fit in? Do you take Crowder off the field and Croft is on the field, or or West goes on the field because you know ideally. Uh, you'd want Crowder over Croft. Like, I don't know if I'm breaking any news here, but Crowder is a more effective player than Tyler Croft um, at this point in their, in their careers and pretty much forever. So um, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. But Vincent Smith, you know, uh, hopefully doesn't see the field too much. Hopefully it's a Keenan Cole. Uh, Keenan Cole, I can't really tell you yet because I want to watch more of his film. I know he's a, he's a willing blocker. Um, he's a guy who can get some yak. He's a guy who's pretty consistent. You're looking at a guy who had like six, 700 yards the last couple of years with guys like, you know, Blake Bortles and Gardner Minshew throwing to him. So, um, I know that them running more 11 personnel with the bigger guys that they have, um, might get a lighter personnel sets versus them, which might help out their, their run game, um, just in general, lighting up the box. Um it's a really it's a really, really interesting to see how they how they deploy it. Uh I, I obviously kinda like danced around it, but I also admitted that I don't really know, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> Joe, anything that we missed in terms of strengths or weaknesses with Corey Davis that you think is important?
3: Yeah, uh like I said, his his suddenness for his size, I, I think he's really good in terms of using his hands on, on routes. Like it's it's very subtle things that you don't necessarily see younger guys do because they're kind of overthinking. Um and they're just in on Okay, you know, you know, seven seven steps. My on my eighth step inside, I have to break outside. Like obviously, that's really big simple. But rookies think about that stuff a little bit too much. you don't really see it. But uh, veteran, more veteran receivers, you know, more patient receivers, guys who you know have that suddenness, but they also have the patience to um, kind of I, you know uh, evaluate situations. Um, they use their hands in really subtle ways. And Corey Davis. Is one of those guys where he really subtly uses his hands, um, push buys, push offs, whatever it may be, um, that create him separation. Uh, paired with with the size, I think I think it's really good. Um, his the speed cuts he runs for his size are very good too. So um, his in breaks and out breaks are definitely a positives of his game. Um, which obviously, if he's going to get outside of you or or inside of you. Uh, as a 6'3 guy, he can box you out, which he does do. He extends the ball with tight hands, um, tucks it, isn't, isn't afraid to go over the middle. Um, it's going to be hard for you to guard him. The one area, you know, in terms of, like, his route running, again, I think he could use some work. Uh, or I want to see more of is the vertical stuff. And I think on, like, back-breaking routes, curls, hitches, comebacks, things like that, I think back can definitely use work. But in terms of outbreaks and in breaks, you know, square cuts or speed cuts, I think those are, are pretty good. But uh, does a good job attacking leverage. Um, patient is route, like, uh, route running, like I said, uh, in terms of his uh, route running ability too. He shortens his stride before breaks. You see a lot of receivers who don't know how to do that. They're still overstriding when they get to guys, which again is not conducive to um, cutting fast. If so he does a good job of kind of like showing a hundred, but really, or, or like selling a hundred, but really running ninety. Um, shortening stride, which allows, obviously, uh, better breaks. So that's a, that's a positive of his game. Um, he uses rocker steps. I think he's a guy who is versatile. He could play, you know, Z, uh, slot, X, whatever it may be. I've, I've seen him as H-back uh, at times in the, in the Titans offense, which, again, is another wrinkle that you can use him um, in. There's not a lot of receivers who are going to pay $12 million a year who are willing to insert on ISO plays and block linebackers, but he could do that. So, um that's a positive. Uh, there's different releases I talk about. You know, he, he likes squirt releases a lot, which I'll talk about in my show. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of positives. Like I said, there's a long list of positives, and that was that, that was maybe half of them that we talked about this show. Um, but yeah, a guy who is an all-around really good player, master of none in my opinion. But uh, for twelve million dollars a year, um, I'm definitely taking uh, a high-end number two to a low-end number one over a guy like the Patriots paid in, in Nelson Aguilar. So I think the Jets made that well with their money um, with the signing. And, again, I think he's a guy who at this point is a low-end number one to high-end two. That's not to say that in this offense maybe with more vertical shots um, given to him uh, that he can't be a you know a, a mid-tier number one. So I'm not saying that's his absolute feeling, um, but that's what he was with the Titans, and I, I think what they gave him is, is worth it.
2: Joe Blewett, the host of Blue Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on for X and O Quick Hits. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Joe is doing and follow him on Twitter at JoeRB31. And check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com. We've got all the latest news and rumors, and we got some film, and we've got our YouTube channel up right now. Luke Grant and Clayton Smarslock are doing play like a jet live. Every Wednesday night, Kayla Pace has her commentaries up, Pace's playbook, so much more available over at playlikeajet.com and on our YouTube channel. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.